Hello and welcome to the Tennis Fanalyst podcast. I'm Marcus Ali hosting today and to react to the events in Gestad, Umag and Los Cabos before giving our very knowledgeable predictions on Kitzbühel and Atlanta. Joining me as always is Michael Gillett. How are you doing? Lots and lots of place names there. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, as always, in, enjoying the tennis. Also the Olympics at the moment. Always good to watch some weird and quirky sports uh, that I never really understand how they were invented, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, the tennis uh, last week that we're going to talk about now was, was really, really entertaining. Some really good stories coming from it. Uh, so as always, looking forward to having a chat. So our first point of call in this episode is Los Cabos in Mexico. And I'm delighted to say that this year we have had the first career title or ATP main tour title for Cam Norrie. The 25-year-old is just having an incredible year. I think I think we said in the last episode that he'd maybe made four finals before this one. And this is the first one where he gets the win. I really am delighted for him. He's had such a good year. Um, up to 29 in the world as a result, but I think he could definitely push that ranking if he carries on the way he's playing. He's been doing it on all surfaces, of course, made made the Queen's final on grass this year, made the Estoril final on clay, and now he's now he's made his way through the field in Los Cabos and made his way all the way to the title on a hard court. Um, we'll, we'll move on to his his final opponent in a bit, and it was an excellent breakthrough week as well for, for a local lad in Brandon Nakashima. But first up, Michael, what have you made of, of Cameron Norrie? This, for me, really feels like such such just rewards for, for an excellent year. And, um, yeah, it feels like about time, but he really is in the form of his life, isn't he, Cam Norrie? Yeah, I think this is no um, disservice to him at all, but I, this title does feel quite long overdue um, with the, the way we've been seeing him play, getting so close Um at numerous tournaments, three of those four finals were, were in 2021. Um, so, you know, he's, he's had a fantastic year. I think it was yourself that brought up the um, race to, I, I want to say race to London rankings. It is now the race to Turin rankings. Um, you know, he's up to 12th in it. Um, only 600 points off of Hubert Herkash, who, of course, won a Masters tournament this year. So that's, you know, mainly why he's up there. He's at eighth, so he's the sort of, the bar that you need to hit to qualify quite often, you you can get to ninth and qualify because you can normally bank on someone being injured uh, in that top eight. I think there's a real realistic chance that we could see Cam Norrie in that top eight at the end of the, the next year. That's not me saying I, I think he will get there, um, but he's got a fantastic chance. He's been playing brilliantly. Um, yeah, it, it was so straightforward for him this week as well. We I think we spoke about Casper Rude really cruising to to victory last week. Um he won all of his matches in straight sets. Um, first two uh, matches, Elias Dima and, and uh, Escobedo, the American kind of two matches you expect him to win. But then doing Taylor Fritz in straight sets and, and Brandon Nakashima 6 2 6 2 in the form that this youngster was in, as you say, we'll talk about him in a sec. Um, really, really fantastic for the Brit um, and really good to see him. Uh, you know, uh, marching on. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking, Dan Evans. Whereabouts is Dan Evans ranked? I haven't got his ranking to hand, but it's not... two places higher, 27. Dan. 22, 29, yeah. So you've got to start thinking now. Dan Evans will be watching over his shoulder. Um, you know, British number one could be could be going from his name very soon if Norrie keeps this uh, keeps this form up. 
Um, so yeah, really fantastic for Norrie. A little bit overdue, but uh, really good to see him see him get this win. And I think uh, it, it's nice to see him going into tournaments now as the favourite. He was the number one seed at this tournament, and I think I think we both had him to win. Um, and it's really good just to see him backing backing that up. Yeah, you do paint a lovely picture, Cameron Norrie walking out of the ATP Tour Finals. That really would be an incredible achievement. Um, you know, we've got four Masters events left, all on a hard court. Um, we know Norrie likes that, although, you know, he's a, he's a big all-rounder. But there may be some players um, higher ranked than Norrie in the rankings who, in terms of, in terms of hard court tennis, I, I, I'd put him above. So, yeah, if he can fill his boots in those those larger ranking point events. You never know. He gives, gives himself a fighting chance. Um, but on to Brandon Nakashima. Um, we'll be disappointed to lose 6-2, 6-2 in the final. But, you know, he's, he's had a long week. Um, I'm just going to rattle through his, his, his wins in Los, Los Cabos. He beat JJ Wolf in the first round, a fellow American youngster, then Sam Querrey, then Jordan Thompson, and then John Isner. He's clearly shown he's got a decent return game. He's knocked out Sam Querrey and John Isner in the same event. Um, we, we did speak about this. I think, I think you'd put him through to the semi-final. I, I'd had him to go out to Sam Querrey. But after sort of Jensen Brooksby captured the imagination in Newport, we did kind of feel like that we could have seen a, a breakthrough from Nakashima in Los Cabos. And he really took that uh, opportunity with, break, uh, with both hands. You know, the, the, the draw broke up for him a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, we, we say it's about time for Norrie, but this is kind of... Yeah, just rewards, as, as I said, for what's been an excellent year for Nakashima so far on all surfaces on the Challenger Tour. Really has been grinding away, still only 19, um, up to 115 in the world. I'm, I'm sure he can break into the top 100 this year. Um, but yeah, so some real senior players that Nakashima was able to get the better of last week. Query and Isner standing out, of course, due to their sort of grass court prowess. prowess. But I think Jordan Thompson is a, a decent result as well. The Aussie's been, been playing a lot in, in the last few weeks. So, yeah. Um, Nakashima, what have you made of him? Another name to add to the very long list of potential next geners. Yeah, really impressed. Um, as you say, he's up to one fifteen. He, he went up nineteen places last week. So if you know if you can just have another week like that again, he, he makes top one hundred. Um, being only fifteen places off now. Uh, I so yeah, I fully think that we'll be seeing him uh, in in the world's top one hundred players by the end of the year, if not a bit sooner. Um, yeah, really, really good wins over, uh, particularly Querian Israel, as you say. Jordan Thompson is a really good win as well, doing that in three sets. Um, he's the youngest American man uh, to reach a tour final uh, since who in 2002, Marcus? I'm sure you'll get this. Uh, is it Andy Roddick? Correct, yeah, Andy Roddick. Uh, haven't got the, the, the uh, actual competition uh, on my notes, but uh, yeah, made a final in 2002. Um, just a bit younger than Nakashima, who's going to turn 20 uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So, um, you know, really, really good for his last couple of weeks as a teenager to be knocking on the door of that top 100. Um, as you say, might be a little bit disappointing to lose 6-2, to Nori. But I think, you know, as we've sort of said, Nori playing one match less, having a bye through to that second round. Um, Nakashima was really forced to work for it. I don't think he should be too upset about it. You know, Norrie's obviously playing brilliantly at the moment. Um, so, yeah, no, really, really encouraging uh, for, for Brandon Nakashima and, and looking forward to seeing how he does on home soil uh, coming up to 
the US Open, you know, he'll surely be getting a wild card into that um, and, and seeing if he can make a little run in that tournament. Yeah, the, the future of men's American tennis is really in no doubt after maybe a, a lull for a, for a few years. They've got some really outstanding players coming through at the moment. You've got Nakashima, Brooksby, Sebastian Corder, of course, probably topping the lot. And then you've got the lots of uh, Francis Tiafo still with, still with time on his side. Riley Opelka as well, I think, is, is the USA number one at the moment, Opelka. Um, but I think we're going to leave Los Cabos there. Going to move over to Umag. I think it's in Croatia. Um and we've got a first-time winner again, Carlos Alcaraz, moving up to 55 in the world, uh, just 18 years old. And what a week it was. Um, he comes through and, w- and wins the final 6-2. 6-2, of course, against a, a seasoned veteran in, in, in Richard Gasquet. Uh, Alcaraz this week with wins over Luca Puy, Andres Martin, Filip Krajinovic, Albert Ramos-Vinolas and Richard Gasquet, of course, in the final. Now, I'm going to say this to you, Michael. You've got Alcaraz at 18 years old and you've got Lorenzo Massetti at 19 years old. And Alcaraz is six six places higher in the rankings than Musetti. It's really come out of nowhere for me. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really good week for Alcaraz. I mean, uh, of course, Musetti has, has wowed us previously, especially with that performance against Djokovic at the, the French Open. But I, I think... For me, there's no doubt that Alcaraz is the the more promising player at the moment. Um, broke through. Didn't he win his first challenger title at something like 16, maybe 17? Um, you're definitely one of the two. Um, he's, he gets compared to Nadal all the time. I suppose just being a, a young Spaniard. But uh, here is another comparison that I can draw to to him and Nadal. Uh, Alcaraz is 18 years and two months. And Nadal was the exact same age in terms of years and months when he won his first tour title. So, um, you know, that's very promising for, for Alcaraz. He's, he's also the youngest title winner since Nishikori uh, in 2008. Uh, I think he'll be hoping that his career sort of goes more down the Nadal path than the, than the Nishikori path. Um, with no disrespect to the Japanese player, had a brilliant win the other day at his home Olympics against Andre Rublev. But... Uh, yeah, no, really, really good um, week for Carlos Alcaraz. If you think Brandon Nakashima making a final at 19 is impressive, this is even more impressive. He's, as you say, up against a very experienced Richard Gasquet, who's, who's got 15 titles himself. Um, it was actually Gasquet's first final uh, for, for three years, I believe. Um, I, I think, with no disrespect to Gasquet, I think the draw was perhaps a little bit kind to him, uh, coming through against GNSE Zuma. Anna Altmaier, who, who did have a, a good week in fairness, beating uh, Jean-Luc Magere and, and Dusan Lajevic in, in straight sets uh, for Lajevic. But um, yeah, Alcaraz, uh, really, really good. Um, I think that a lot of people are really excited about him. He's going to stay young for the next sort of five years. Um, and he's, as I, th- I think he said to me, was, is it 55 he's got his ranking up to now? Um, so if he keeps going like this, uh, I, I think performing... Well, as well, off of the clay now is, is going to have to be the big goal for him with Umag, of course, being a clay court tournament. Um, he can't play clay court tournaments for the rest of the year. He's going to have to make the transition to the, the US hard courts. Presumably, he'll be playing at the Masters events and, of course, the, the last Grand Slam of the year. So, it will be interesting to see how he gets on there. I don't know if he's really had any big wins as such off of the clay. Um, but then, you know, you only have to look at someone like Rafa Nadal, who, if you're winning titles 
on a clay court at that age, uh, then you've got you've got loads of time to make the transition onto other courts uh, and and to go on and, and win the big titles there. So um, yeah, really really good week for for Carlos Alvarez. Yeah, I, I think he transitions over quite well for me. I, I like his game for other surfaces. I, was, I think Massetti, to, to compare them again, um, is more suited to the, to the clay uh, in, in particular, and, and for it being more of a more of a his you know his sole strength than than Alcaraz. I, I think he's going to be all right going over to to uh, these hard courts. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how he gets on, as you mentioned in in those Masters that we've got coming up. Um, so yeah, I think I think that'll do for Umagi. As you mentioned, Richard Gasquet didn't have to beat a player in the top 100 to make uh, the final. So yeah, I'm not too sure what we're going to see from him for the rest of the year, but it's it's a positive, no doubt, and he keeps his ranking ticking over quite nicely. Uh, over to Gustad, and we've got Kasparud winning this one. Uh, two tournaments in two weeks. He did have to go to three sets to beat Benoit Paire. Um, in Gestad, but apart from that, it's been two weeks of fairly straightforward victories. Um, Rude seems to be sort of outgrowing the, the 250 clay circuit for sure. But the, the main story here is he beat Hugo Gaston in the final. Uh, the 20 year old Frenchman, who of course sort of made his breakthrough beating Stan Varenka at the French Open in, in 2020 and taking Dominic Team for five sets. He's up to the world number 133 as a result. Um, he had wins this week over Juan Manuel Thurindolo in the first round in straight sets and then three three-set grinders against Federico Delbonis, Christian Garin and Laszlo Jerry. Three esteemed clay quarters. I mean, we've spoke, spoken before about how Gaston's game doesn't look too sustainable. Um, you know, he might run hot and cold. He might have an amazing win here and then fall out to maybe a lesser player in the third round. But those three wins, as they are, back to back to back, that is incredible signs for, for such a young player. Obviously, you know, he didn't have enough to, to really take it to Rude in the final, but I don't think that, that tarnishes his achievement at all. It's a really incredible run uh, for Hugo Gaston. Yeah, always love to see a, a player uh, at the the very low heights of myself, uh, five for eight, to be doing extremely well. Um, you know, as you say, he really took everyone by surprise of, of, about a year ago now, uh, or just under a year ago at that, that French Open, that delayed French Open. Um, and I, I feel like perhaps he's failed to back that up a bit. Um, you know, I, I can't really think of any two impressive wins that he'd had in between. But this week, really, really fantastic. Uh, as you say, Casper Ruud, um, he's actually only had to beat one player in the top 50 over those two weeks uh, that he's won the titles. He, he'll be going for a third title this week in uh, Kitzbühel uh, in Austria. That's providing he um, goes through and, and, and does play that tournament. I, I haven't heard of him putting out. Um but yeah, for, for sure, the main story is uh, Hugo Gaston. Um, that, that win over Garin, his second now over a top 20 player after, of course, that Ravrinka win at the French Open. Um, again, you know, really, really showing you can do it on a clay court. Of, of course, um, I, I say it about everyone. Um, be interesting to see how he can develop on the other surfaces. His game possibly isn't sustainable on it but you know he, he won't mind if he can be beating players like Delbonis, Gary and Gere, um, Salislas Renka, former French Open Grand Slam champion if he can be beating them on, on play then I, I don't think he's gonna mind at all um, 
really, really good to to see him playing well. Um, but of course, we can't we can't take it away from Casper. We don't want to make it out, but he's having a really easy year or anything. You know, he's still at 14th in the world. He's knocking on the door of that top 10. Um, you know, back to back titles anywhere is is very impressive. Uh, and if he could get a third this week in Kitzbühel, which I think you have to argue, he's definitely got a chance of doing. Um, that would be fantastic. I'm not actually sure if I remember a player in recent years winning three back-to-back titles in three weeks. Um, I'm sure it's probably been done, but I don't know. Um, so, yeah, no, really, really impressive from the 22-year-old uh, Norwegian player um, who, who he came into this uh, tournament not actually seeded number one. He was seeded uh, third, so he's still done well to, to get through and win it. Um, but, of course, the, the main story this week uh, about another young player. We've had a, a young, exciting player in every final, um, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, and now a 20-year-old. So, uh, yeah, really, really good to see. Yeah, a little disappointing to see the top seed at that event, uh, Denis Shapovalov, going out to Vic Kopriva, um, which I, I saw a stat on Twitter, actually, was the the lowest-ranked player that's beaten a top-10 player since Kokonakis beat Raonic at Queen's in 2017. Um, now, in that case, Kokonakis was coming back from a, a long uh, injury layup. So, you know, his, his ranking was was poor for that reason. Um, so, yeah, Copriva, I think, was sort of 240, maybe just uh, outside the world's top 250 and put out Denis Shapovalov. So, yeah, a bit of a come down from a Wimbledon semi-final uh, there. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that will take us away from last week's action. Um, so, yeah, so there were three enjoyable tournaments, two on the clay, one on the hard, of course, but now moving over to one on each surface. And we're going to stay on the clay courts and, and start here in Kitzbühel. Um, just to run through our predictions of the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, Michael, do you want to run through your quarterfinals first? As you mentioned, Casper Ruud going for a, th- a third straight title. Yeah, I, I must say I might have taken a little bit of a risk in this draw. Consider it, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've assumed Casper will be playing. Um, given a bye in the first round, uh, often we do see players um, putting out if they've, they've gone very far the week before. But you know, I think he'll be hungry to uh, to get that third title. Um, first quarter final, I've got Casper Ruud's uh, top seed to face uh, Mikel Ema. Um, who is in Carlos Alcaraz's uh, section of the draw. That section I maybe did go for the, the potential pullout there by putting uh, Alcaraz to go out in the second round after beating the, the wild card um, that he's against Alexander Erler. But, um, yeah, I've, I've got Mikel Ima to win that. got an impressive win against uh, Pablo Cuevas today, 6-3-7-5. He's an accomplished uh, clay court player. But, uh, yeah, if, if Alcaraz does turn up and is playing well. I, I could definitely see Alcaraz meeting Rude in that quarterfinal, which is a match I definitely want to watch. Um, second quarterfinal, I've got uh, Filip Krajinovic, uh, very in form at the moment, getting to a final in Hamburg. A good win over Adam Albot last week as well. Uh, got him to face uh, Arta Rindenek. A little bit of a risk. I want him to beat the fifth seed Federico Delbonis. Uh, in the first round uh, and then to get through Stefano Travaglia in the second round. Rindanec having a really good year. You were telling me before the pod, he's actually uh, 
got the equal most wins in the Challenger and uh, main tour circuit this year, along with Tsitsipas um, and Nori, I think he said. Um, so, yeah, really, really good. Tsitsipas just one ahead. Yeah, joint second. And oh, second sorry. Joint ahead. second. My bad, my bad. Um, third quarterfinal, uh, Lazo Ger, uh to face Albert Ramos Vinolas. Um, Ramos Vinolas will be having a bye through the first round. Got him to beat Jean-Luc Magere in the second uh, and then uh, Laszlo Gero got to come through against uh, Daniel Altmaier and, and Marco Cecchinato in the second round. Uh, and then the last quarterfinal, uh, I did have Jaume Munar uh, to face Roberto Batista Agu. Munar uh, continuing a, a poor run of form, uh, losing to the qualifier Joseph Kovalik, uh, who will meet Yuri Vesely in, in that second round. So I'll probably back Yuri Vesely now to, to make that quarterfinal off. He comfortably beat the qualifying in Ernest Gilbis uh, earlier today. Uh, so, yeah, they're my quarterfinals. Um, I'll, I'll let you do yours, uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll move ahead. Um, I think, effectively, I have exactly the same. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've gone for Michaeli Mayer at the top of the draw with Rude. Um, Alcaraz, was, his arm was really heavily strapped up throughout Umag which makes me a bit more sort of concerned whether he's going to pull out. So, yeah, I've actually gone for Michele Mayer to beat Kasper Ruud and go to the semi-final, just on the off chance that, that Ruud might want to rest up for a bit. Um, yeah. Oh, no, there is one difference, actually. I'm, I'm glad I'm looking at it now. I don't have Arthur Rindeneck. I've, I've got him to go out in the first round to Federico Delbonis, um, so who I've got to meet Krajinovic in that second quarter final. Um, then, yeah, Jere, Ramos Vinolas. I did have Ernest Gulbis. Um, a little dreamy comeback for the Latvian at 32 years old but obviously as you mentioned gone out to Vesely so yeah Kovalik or Vesely to meet Roberto Bautista in the bottom quarter final um, so yeah Ema at the top of the draw into the semi-final to play Del Bonis uh, at the bottom of the draw I've got Lazo Gere to face Roberto Bautista Agut and he's my champion the second seed Roberto Bautista Agut to come through and knock out Federico Del Bonis in the final so in a similar draw, possibly quite a, a, a big encounter between Delbonis and, and Rindeneck. Yeah, well, we have a, a fairly similar draw up to the quarters, it sounds like. But I think from the quarters, it, it suddenly gets quite different. It might, so I think it's going to come down to really who makes the final. Um, because I've got Casper Rude to meet Laszlo Ger in, in the final. Uh, I, I just can't really back Bautista Agu at the moment. I don't feel like he's on brilliant form. Um, I could definitely see him getting to the final wouldn't surprise me. Um, but Jair, of course, a consistent good clay quarter and, and does well at these sorts of level of event. Um, to come through against Ramos Vinolas and Bautista Agu back-to-back would be really impressive from the, the Serbian. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a risk. And I have got Kasparu to win the tournament. As I say, it is a, it is a risk. Um, but I do kind of feel that He'll still have a lot left in the tank. So I, I don't feel he's been too pushed uh, over the last couple of weeks. He's, he's young as well, and he's he's quite a fit athlete anyway. Uh, he, he's definitely one of the the more sort of physically impressive athletes when you when you watch them um, on the clay courts. So uh, yeah, I, I've gone for Kasparu to beat Laszlo Gere in the final. So a uh, completely different final to you, even though we've gone quite similar up to about halfway in the draw. Fair play. Yeah, I take your point. Um... Yeah, you say it's a bit of a shock pick, but yeah, I think, you know, that would be amazing, to be fair. Three straight titles. I know it's a circuit that he loves, but yeah, just a concentration, uh, physical endurance. That's really, really would be a really good achievement. Um, moving over to the hard courts in America, Atlanta, the American hard court swing. 
gets going. Um, I'm going to go through my quarterfinals first. Now, looking down them, I think I've got six big servers out of eight um, in this uh, little, uh, yeah, in my quarterfinals. At the top of the draw, I've got the top seed, Milos Raonic, to wait, make his way past Brandon Nakashima to face Jordan Thompson. Um, who I've got to beat uh, Lloyd Harris, which is ongoing. Uh, Thompson actually just taken the first set on a tie break. And then uh, Sam Query. Second quarter final, I've got the Newport champion, Kevin Anderson, against Benoit Pair, who's somehow coming out the other side of his terrible form, I think. Um, I've got Anderson to beat Nick Kyrgios in the first round. Um, you know, I mean, Nick Kyrgios could win the tournament if he gets going, but I think Anderson's playing well at the moment. I think Kyrgios would have to play well to beat him. Then I've got Anderson to actually beat Cam Norrie, who's got a bye in the first round just due to the rule, don't pick a player two weeks in a row. Um, and obviously we've got some huge events around the corner. So maybe Anderson might have too much for, for Norrie on the day. Um, and then, yeah, the third quarter final, I've got Taylor Fritz against Riley Opelka, All-American Affair. Uh, and then at the bottom of the draw, I've got John Isner. I think he's won this event something like three or four times. Um, I've got him to take five times, is it? Okay. Yeah, that's an incredible record. And I've got him to take on the second seed, Yannick Sinner, the 19-year-old at the bottom of the draw. Um, yeah, that'll do. And then I'll come into my closing exchanges after I've heard your quarters. Uh, yeah, that, that five-times stat for Isner just kind of convinced me that he was going to serve well and, and, and win it, to be honest. Um, but I'll, I'll jump back. Um, Ryanich against Lloyd Harris in that first quarter final. Obviously, Harris... Set down at the moment uh, to Jordan Thompson. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to to come back in that. I believe he served for that first set, so a little bit disappointed in the, the South African for letting me down, possibly letting me down there. Uh, the second quarterfinal, I, yeah, I, I, I'm still breaking the rule, to be honest. I've got Cam Norrie, and I've actually got him to run to the final. Uh, and I'm, I'm really regretting doing this, because I, I know on many occasions when I've done this, I really regret it. So, uh I'm sure one of Cam Norrie and Casper Rude are going to let me down big time this week with uh, the, the, the two-week rule, as you say. But um, I've got Norrie to face Mackenzie McDonald. Um, well, I've got to come through against Russo Warrior and Benoit Pair. Um, my third quarter final, another bit of a risk. I've gone for an ex-like Poppy Wren to uh, beat Taylor Fritz in the second round. Um, Taylor Fritz did make the final here last year. can't remember who he lost to. Um, but... Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Next time, Poppy Rin, uh, a, a big server, a very powerful player. And I, I feel like the, the US hard courts uh, might really suit his game uh, in, in this sort of late summer, autumn little swing that we've got going on. We'll see. I've got him to face fellow big server, Riley Opelka, uh, in the quarter. And then uh, I've gone for John Isner against Yannick Sinner, like you. I've, and I've got Isner to go on and win it uh, just because I, I, I feel that. You know, I've just backed up. I think this tournament has only been going for, um, it's not too many years. And when I was looking, I think Isner's pretty much won 50% possibly plus of the titles at this this tournament. I'll, I'll double check that in a sec when you're talking. Um, but yeah, he, it's an event that he seems to love. I've got him to beat Cam Norrie in the final, who uh, I've got to get past Milos Raonic in the semi. Fair enough, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how Milos Raonic does uh, return to the ATP Tour. Obviously, pulled out, I think, of the French Open and Wimbledon. Um, but, yeah, on to my final. And, yeah, it's very open. So, I feel like I've gone for a bit of a shock here. I've gone for Taylor Fritz to beat uh, Kevin. That's his first name. Kevin Anderson in the final. I think Anderson, yeah, is just enjoying that uh, little American swing, getting back in form despite 
you know, being at 35 years of age now, but I think he can come through Benoit Pair and then Raonic, and then I think maybe Fritz with a bit of home support can can get over the line, be a bit fresher. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, John Isner hasn't been great in the last few weeks, but he, that is sort of how Isner goes, isn't it? He just wins one or two tournaments a year and doesn't show up in the rest. Um, but no, I, I have doubted him here. I've, I've gotten to get knocked out in the semi-final by Taylor Fritz, so I've got to go on and take the title. So, yeah, Fritz for me. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see Kyrgios. What, what do you reckon? Have, have you got him to get past Kevin Anderson in the first round, lose to Cam Norrie? Um, yeah, just quickly looking here, it's the tournament has been played 10 times and Isner has won five of them. So, yeah, he's won 50% of the titles here. Nick Kyrgios actually has won this title as well in 2016. He beat John Isner in two tie breaks. Um, John Isner has actually made the final of <laughs> eight. Well, wow. Okay, so there's 10 tournaments and there's only two tournaments of the 10 that Isner didn't make the final. Uh, Andy Roddick, Gilles Miller in 2012, and uh, last year, Alex Dimoneur beat Taylor Fritz. Um, bit of a surprise, actually, to me that Dimoneur uh, managed to, to win that. But there's obviously an escape in my mind. Um, sorry, the question was, how do I think uh, Nick Kyrgios is going to get on? I have got him to beat uh, Kevin Anderson, uh, but I've got him to go out to Cam Norrie. Um, <laughs> Possibly a bit of a risk, as you say. I, I think there's a good chance Kyrgios wins this tournament. If if he comes through Anderson and Norrie, then he's if he beats both of them, he's the favourite in his half, I would think. Because Reinich hasn't played enough. Query is well, a bit out of form here and there. Um, so, yeah, if, if Kyrgios gets through Anderson and Norrie, I'm fairly certain he makes the final. I mean, he's he's won the he's beaten Isner in the final before. So let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. It's not like there's been any tournaments yet where he's really let us down at uh, since since making those those comebacks. So yeah, uh, I, I reckon I, I, I've got him to win one match, but um, I'm I'm sort of quietly leading towards uh, a very good week. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, Nick Kyrgios, you never really know, but I'm sure if he gets going, yeah, we, we would not be surprised to see him picking up the title at the end of the week. So that's one to watch for you. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, thanks a lot for listening. Might have to get up in the middle of the night to watch Kyrgios at some point. I, I'm not sure. I can't really miss Kyrgios if he does get into the, the deeper exchanges of the tournament. Anyway, thanks for joining me, Michael. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed previewing you in the, these couple of events. Yeah, no, been a been really good chatting about all the the young guns doing well last week, and uh, we we hope that it can continue into the, to the latter parts of the year and um, and maybe even the U.S. Open. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks a lot. Yeah, please do share um, or whatever you want to do. Follow. I think I think there's a subscribe button on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, thanks a lot for listening.